Wow, we got through the whole applause, but everything appears to be running. So this has to be, since it's Thursday, and since I'm Fred McMurray, and it's 2 p.m. Pacific, this must be, this is... Uh, yeah, Friday Eve. Friday Eve, you, I, Elizabeth finally showed up here. We're all here. High five. <laughs> High five. All right, I'll send one to High Elizabeth. five. Oh, Elizabeth, you need a hand. Actually, oh, I need a hand. My niece, my two nieces gave me this the other day. So it's a, you know, it's actually really, it's part of my growing collection of toys. We'll leave it right there. Hey, <laughs> if I didn't have a bunch of toys, we wouldn't be doing the show. So, you know, the, the, the toys are the reason for the show is what I'm basically saying. Right. So what's the word on the street, ladies? And I know we got a, I know we got a special guest popping in, uh, somebody you two talked to, but what's new for right now? And then we'll go to our, you can announce our special word on the street segment. Is this like a personal time I can talk about my personal problems? (laughs) Sure. Why not? I thought the whole show was a personal problem, but that's beside the point. Well, let me just tell you, my own personal word on the street is right now, please be kind to those small business owners because um, I think people really underestimate just how freaking hard business is these days. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're in service. It doesn't matter if you are in manufacturing. It doesn't matter if you are in food. Everybody is suffering. So my public service message is please use some kindness and patience. Thank God I have a fabulous customer who called me and said, I just want to know how you're doing. And I said, oh, my God, you just made my day. He's been with me like 14 years. And he said, I know my job is really bad, and we're in manufacturing, and I have to call people every day to say how bad it is, and I have no clue when they're going to get their stuff off the ship from China. Hmm. Is your week going kind of like that? And I went, oh, you have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) So please be kind to your fellow business people and all those businesses that you do business with, even if you are not in business. That's my public service message. Elizabeth, as you pixelate from all over the place, any words you want to add in? Well, yeah. um, Actually, Kristen is going to be a panelist on our National Association of Women Business Owners franchising panel. Um, which will be in October for a whole bunch of women business owners. So that's big news on the street. Oh, thanks for telling me that. I mean, remind me. <laughs> Just get it's on your calendar. Yeah. It's a good thing with Calendly, Calendly that you can do that because this week I would have missed the memo completely. <laughs> Actually, yeah, well, don't forget to show up because it's going to be a great opportunity to really get some franchising information out to a bunch of women who own their own businesses. 
Yeah, I'm super excited. It's a great pleasure and honor to be on the show. So thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Good job, Elizabeth. <laughs> thank you, sir. Uh, so who would like to announce our, our special Word on the Street guest? Elizabeth, it's your turn. <laughs> I will do that. We have Laura Spalding from Spalding Decon. She's got a big giveaway coming up, um, hopefully by Veterans Day, and she needs people to apply for this giveaway. So take a look. Um, we interviewed her the other day. So take a look at what she's got to say and take some notes. So today we're here with Laura Spalding with Spalding Decon. Hi, Laura. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Elizabeth, thank you for bringing us such a fabulous guest. I am dying to share with everybody exactly what Spalding Decon is. Can you please share with our guests the franchise opportunity that you have for people? Yeah, so Spalding Decon is a crime scene cleaning company. Uh, we specialize in hoarders, meth labs, some mold remediation, flood restoration. So basically kind of property restoration under emergency situations. So that sounds like everything from super interesting to downright terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah. <laughs> how, how did you happen to come into this? You know, right after college, uh, I went right into law enforcement, and I spent seven years there uh, in law enforcement, and I realized that um, I was never really going to make any money there, uh, or there was no room for advancement, improvement of any kind, so I decided I wanted to start my own business, and it was honestly just happenstance that um, a victim's family member asked me when the police were going to come back and clean it up. And when I started researching it, I realized that that was, uh, you know, this was back in 2005, that that was a much needed niche that wasn't being filled at that time. Wow. Very cool. I can't even wrap my head around it. When Elizabeth was talking to me about you, I was like, she does what? (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I was talking to another restoration company and there was this gal and she's like, Oh yeah, they send me in all the time because I'm the smallest. I'm like, well, why do they do that? And she's like, well, you know those hoarder houses? I'm the only one that can fit in those spaces. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, really? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty interesting thing. And there's social media, if you haven't, to our audience, checked it out, check it out. They've got a great following and a great crime scene cleanup show going on. But, Laura, you're here to talk today about a special thing that you are doing as a um, way to give back. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, so tell us what y'all are doing on that front. Yeah, so last year we started a program. Uh, we call it the Franchise Veteran Giveaway. And what that is is we award a franchise territory at no cost to a veteran um, that is kind of meets our criteria in terms of wanting to explore entrepreneurship that wants to be kind of handheld and learn more how to uh, grow a business and be a business owner. So, um, again, it's a new program for us, and we're super excited about it because I I feel like there's a lot of transitional stuff for military members that are job-related, but I don't think there's any that are entrepreneurial-related or business-related, and and a lot of soldiers are uh, interested in owning their own business and going that route. So I feel like it's a really good opportunity, and our kind of uh, niche of what we do fits a lot in line with uh, military people. 
Oh my gosh, especially some of those that are just coming home now, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, my ex-husband was in the military, and you do get a lot of headhunters coming for you, especially depending on what he was a supply officer, so there are trans, the transferable skills. But in terms of business ownership, I don't think that was something that even entered our minds, and we probably at that time of our lives would have been really good candidates, um, yeah. even though we were relatively young. So what made you decide to want to reach out to this particular community? Was it just that you saw a need that you could fill? Well, I was in the military um, after, you know, high school, and that's kind of when I saw that, you know, the, the pay isn't great. Um, you're making a ton of sacrifices yeah. uh, for just to be in the military and serve your country. Um, it's not glamorous. It's, it's not a lot of fun. A lot of times um, you're living in, you know, countries or, or areas that are less than desirable. Uh, you're constantly uh, looking over your shoulder you do learn a particular skill, but not a lot of these skills are transferable into civilian life. So when I, when I realized that, I thought, you know, there's got to be a way that we can give back to these veterans that don't want to just transition out of the military and get a normal job. Right. Uh, so I thought that this would be a good opportunity for, for me to be able to mentor a young person that's, you know, transitioning out of the military and show them that they can create their own destiny. They don't have to go the traditional path of getting a job and staying there for, you know, 20 years and relying on a 401k that may or may not be there. Right. So I thought that this was a good opportunity to kind of spark that entrepreneurship and give them this opportunity that's not going to be otherwise uh, proposed to them. I think that's awesome. I remember back when I was in high school, and it seems like it was like a decade ago, even though, well, actually decades, huh? it was multiple decades ago. <laughs> now that I think about it, I must have been thinking about a century ago. Um, but they used to talk a lot about, you know, going into the military after high school so that then they would pay for your college. And mm -hmm. I don't even hear a lot of that anymore. And, you know, you tend to see and hear a lot more um, that's coming back and being jobless and homeless. And I just think really for such a great country is that really the best we can do I mean so I think what you're doing is phenomenal yeah thank you I mean I think a lot of the skills and jobs so to speak that they they take when when they go into the military aren't transferable so when, when the soldier comes out they're in honestly no better position than they were when they went in mm -hmm. um, you know you've got some some Navy people that are that are doing Morse code well, there's really, there's nothing that you can do in the civilian world that's transferable to that. So sure. that individual, you know, gave four or five, six years of their life uh, in hopes of earning an education, but then they're just discharged and that's it. So, yeah. you know, it's not always the best choice for everyone, of course, but um, there, you know, I, I hope more businesses step up and kind of offer this ability. I'm grateful that I'm able to do this. You know, yeah. 15 years ago, of course, I was in the same position they were. So um, I'm just grateful to be able to do this. Well, and I think as a franchisor, I mean, this is a huge value monetarily, yeah. right? I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is that a $45,000? It is. It's a $45,000 gift. Um, you know, I would have cut my own arm off to get something like this, you know, 15 <laughs> years ago. Uh, so, you know, obviously it's not a completely free thing. You still need a vehicle and you still need your equipment and stuff, but you know, the $45,000 gift buys you 500,000 population in any territory you want. 
Wow, that's amazing. If I'm a vet coming Mm -hmm. out, tell me why I should want to go other than the gift. Right. What about Spalding Decon is going to be appealing to me in my future? You know, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of similarities between the military and what we do. Um, and it's, you know, they've, they fought for their country, they're helping their country, but they come in and as a franchise owner, you're helping your community. You're, you're going to take tasks and take jobs that are, are difficult, that people will need you in the worst times of their lives. So we operate as a system and the military operates as a system as well. So there's a lot of symbiosis there. And I think military people do very, very well in our business because of the similarities. Franchising in general, you know, the more you talk about it, the more I think, wow, you know, the great thing about franchises is that they have these systems, right? Mm-hmm. The great thing about the military is you can go in unskilled and there's a system for you to follow. So providing you're a good person at following systems, and certainly by the time you come out of the military, that's you, franchising mm-hmm. in general fits so well with that. It does. We have always found that our best franchisees are former military members. And it's because they've got the system down. Not only can they follow the system, but they can create their own for their own location and teach others how to follow it. So they've, they've been fantastic. That's awesome. So, so the, the winner of this prize would not, or this gift would not only get a $45,000 franchise fee for free, they also would get a year of mentorship from you personally. Correct. That's worth like a million bucks right now. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for saying so. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that's have, awesome. Yeah, we have quite a bit of groups in here. And, you know, like I said, we try to cater towards military members just because they do so well. But, you know, we have a, a women in franchising group. And then uh, I want to take um, a military vet or a, or a transferring person and kind of mold them into what I wish I had when I started out and, you know, prevent them from making the mistakes that I did. That's so great. It gives me goosebumps. So tell me, <laughs> how does someone uh, apply mm-hmm. to, to win this? Right on our website, they can apply. They fill out a form, uh, their chosen territory, what branch they were in, honorably discharged, how long did they serve, include a photo and a bio of why we should choose you. Um, every single person that applies, and there's a lot, um, get uh, contacted by our franchise development team, and then they start going through the process to make sure that they're a good fit for our brand. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. And and you right now are in Tampa, but you said um, wherever they would like to be located, so you're pretty open? Yeah, we, we have some sold-out territories like, you know, Austin, Texas, Nashville, Tennessee, but for right. the most part, we're a young brand. We have about 47 locations right now. So there, there's plenty of territory wide open for them. Well, great. And of course, everybody can always contact you through Pillars of Franchising. We would love to help you find that, not only that particular winner, but anybody else who's interested in looking at Spalding Decon as a franchise opportunity, vet or not. But obviously, our first goal is to let's get these vets back to work and get them yes. transitioned out of the military and back into into civilian life. So that would be great. I really, that's <laughs> awesome. What you're doing is really fantastic, and I wish you all the best. Anything else you want to say to our vets out there that we're talking to today? Yeah, I just want to say that if you're kind of on the fence about whether you can do this work, um, I check out our YouTube. It's at Crime Scene Cleaning. And that is real life, uncensored, what we do. A camera is following us on all jobs. 
And if you think that work seems interesting to you and you want to help your community, please send us an email because uh, we would love to have you. That's awesome. And tell us for the last moment, when is the winner going to be announced? Uh, we typically announce on Veterans Day, ironically. Ooh, yes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's very good, and, and I don't know what day that falls upon, but we'll make sure that we certainly have it posted all over the place on the Pillars of Franchising website so we can congratulate that lucky thank individual so that happens to win. Thank, thank you, you so, much. so Thank you so much, Laura. I think what you're doing is fantastic. And all I the appreciate best it, ladies. Have a great Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine.com. Ray. I was missing you during that interview. But now we're moving on to something even more interesting. How, how do you follow a, a giveaway, a free giveaway for a franchise? How do you follow that? With drinks. <laughs> right? Well, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, you're a little quiet. I'm a little quiet. That's okay. <laughs> I'm a little loud, so we'll balance each other out. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I can uh, follow crime scene cleanup. That sounded very interesting, <laughs> but um, I will do my best. So I'm sure you'll do great. let's introduce uh, Laurie Wyndham and uh, to the show today. And uh, Laurie is the uh, directing manager uh, for Smart Drinks, an emerging franchise out of Houston, Texas. And Laurie's been with Smart Drinks since 2018, but she's been franchising since 2003. Is that right, Laurie? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I uh, started working with ICED, the parent company of Quick Copy, back in 2003, and learned all all the franchising fun there. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I know, I copies, copies to cocktails. Oh, wait, they're not cocktails. They'll just drink. They're smart drinks. <laughs> exactly. And I'm exactly. off the rails. Uh, yeah. I, I tell people I'm, I don't care what you put in your, in your smoothie, but I'm not putting any alcohol in it for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tip. That's a good tip. So maybe we should start with find out uh, right now. Um, I think, Kristen, are you at home? Well, no, I'm in, I, I wish I could say I'm at home. I mean, I'm in Illinois, right? But I'm in the oh. office. Oh, okay. um, But it is a beautiful day here. And I, yeah. I, when you said that, I thought, oh, I should look up and see where I am in case I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that long of a week. And I noticed that the trees outside are starting to turn already. Yep, it's, it's starting to turn, but we're still, uh, 
Right now we're at about 85 degrees here in Aurora, Illinois. And, but the humidity isn't too bad. There's a slight breeze, so it's a pretty nice day out. So, Lori, where, where are you at? Um, I'm just outside of Houston. Okay. So we are still a little damp. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you, we're okay. Known for that, no matter what time of year it is, I think. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Nicholas gave us a little visit, kind of waved on his way through here on um, Tuesday morning. But, yeah. uh, you know, we worked, you know, kind of worked from home for a day because we didn't have any power. But other than that, we're good. Nice, nice. Well, let's talk about you. Yeah. Let's talk well, about yeah. So you seem to have done a lot of different stuff. You've been in franchising for a while. Mm-hmm. How did you make the transition from, you have to forgive me a little bit, but office supplies and copies, right? I always think of like <clears throat> making right. copies, right? And so now you're into these healthy drinks and that's a big change. How did you make that change? Um, well, when I started with ICED, um, I was making appointment calls for franchisees or their salespeople to go make, make their calls. At that time, they decided to diversify what they were doing, and they also had a, bought a brand, uh, Computer Explorers, which was children's technology. Mm. And my kids were little at that time. You know, they were uh, kindergarten and fourth grade. Um, so I was really into it. I was really into it. Um, and then when they got a little older and they didn't care if I was home, I said, Hey, do we have anything full time that I can do? Um, I'd like to, if I was going to go full time, I would do it with, uh, with computer explorers. So then I moved my way up through the computer explorers brand to vice president. Um, and then we stopped, they stopped franchising in 2018. So I was looking for my next adventure, looking for something still here in Houston um, for the right thing. And Smart Drinks had been just just starting to tip their put their toes into the into the pool. And you know, mutual connections. Lori's right. looking for something. <clears throat> and you know, I researched it a bit. And one, smoothies are still you know, everybody likes a smoothie. Yeah, with, the food, yeah. with the food truck combination, you know, just in my my gut, I was like, that that seems kind of kind of cool. Like it's it's something that's gonna you know be going for a while. And um, and then you know when I started actually looking at the numbers, it was like, yeah, I was right. Look at that. <laughs> well, and and perfect timing, quite frankly, as if you almost had the magic eight ball that said there will be a pandemic in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> truck model, right? <laughs> exactly exactly it um you know it it there was a couple of things that got you know put off like bike races and marathons and um things like that but there also became more companies with money for like hospitals that had money for um employee appreciation awesome. and so bringing in a healthy drink was you know come on in Social distancing is built in because we're in a sprinter van, so you're up a ways. And um, so we were able to bring on some, you know, some new customers, some new people that heard about us and kept going. That's yeah. great. So the one thing I was going to mention about it that I think is really interesting um, as we continue to talk to new franchisors and, and um, explore all the different options and models that are out there, 
is that with something like this, quite often when you go into a QSR space or anything that involves food, you're talking about real estate, brick and mortar. And what's kind of fun with this is that you don't have that large real estate investment. Right. right? You, you can. We've got, we have a brick and mortar retail option, um, but I don't have one open right now. Um, huh? Our corporate one, we our lease was up. We we're looking to move, and then there was a pandemic, so it was like, yeah, right. we're just going to stay with the trucks right now. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, the the trucks really do because you you get that all in number, right? Uh-huh. And you've got your you've got your truck, you've got your refrigeration, you've got your blenders, you've got you know you've got all of that. And um, the owner Charles Levinson, he was very much a time is money guy, and if you're parked somewhere that there's nobody buying smoothies, you move. You go to right. yeah. and you can't do that with your your brick and mortar. So it's primarily a mobile operation. Uh, That's what we have right now. Primarily mm-hmm. is uh, we have a one that is corporately owned that has been running for 19 years. Mm-hmm. So I can honestly say yes, this is a long term. This is something somebody can do and keep going. Um, and just signing our sixth franchisee. That was the next question I wanted to ask. <laughs> At the beginning of the at the beginning of the year, I had two. So this year has been oh, wow. good for us. Yeah. Well, you you have the big the big exodus from corporate, right? Which certainly helps. Right. Um, love the idea that it's mobile because you can do this kind of pandemic type, you know, thing when needed. But let me ask you, you know, being new, I know there's a lot of people out here. A lot of our listeners are thinking, "Oh, well, this is kind of an interesting idea." couple of questions I'm sure they're interested in is, so what's an investment in something like this? Um, because obviously businesses like us, we look at, you know, what is the investment? How do you get into it? And then how do you sure. make sure that you have this repeat business? So now you already have a heads up to my next question that will hit probably after commercial break. But my first is really, um, what's an investment look like for, for one of these franchises? All in. I'm going to pop over here so I can look at my notes with the mobile is between like 173,000 and 196,000. Okay. And the franchise fee and, and your and yes. your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then okay. permits and training and all of that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty reasonable. And you're getting on the essentially the ground floor because it's it's a yeah, it's a new franchise. Right. You, that's what I always tell, you know, it's like we're looking for those early adopters. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, and I think there's a special, you know, there's a special niche for those people. Yes, if you're looking for someone that wants to follow a system and and be part of something bigger, but you know, if they're looking for something that's a little new, and you know, not the same thing that, um, you know, not their mama's franchise, you yeah. know, that maybe we're, you know, something to look at. So you're yeah. primarily Houston now, or are you some of the six that you have are, are they spread out? Um, one of them is in Austin, and she's she's been operating for since 2019. She started just before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Um, and then one of my ones that just signed, he is in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be starting um, early 2022. We have to build his truck. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah, he's on board. I would really think that if somebody is into healthy, healthy lifestyles, they really like, maybe they're an orange theory person, they like going to the gym every day, maybe they could find a connection between smart drinks 
and having perhaps the mobile truck near one of those facilities every morning. I'm I'm a creature of habit, right? So even if I'm not really in the mood for my Starbucks, my car like knows I'm going to get an iced caramel macchiato with skim milk every day, <laughs> even if I don't want it. And so I could find myself being very much into wanting my repeat smoothie every day. And I think that now, some people might think, well, where, where do you get this repeat business if you're a mobile operation, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're all looking to replace maybe an income or build one. Do you, do you find, have you talked to, is that in part of maybe the future plans to direct people to partnership with gyms or other like healthy fitness type places so they can have repeat business? Yeah, I would tell people, you know, across the board, you know, whatever your existing network is. Because it's a good idea, you know, when you go talk to people and it's not that in at your business every day, we don't tell them that like here in Houston, the owner, Charles's, his network was the automotive industry. So our trucks here, we stop at car dealerships and each truck has three routes that they run twice a week. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're stopping at those, those dealerships. And that way they're not tired of it. You know, it's right. not like, oh, I'm going to get my peach mango again. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I have to wait. And, you know, I had a gentleman call me yesterday saying, I haven't seen them. When's my truck coming back? I'm hungry. I want a smoothie. So I'm like, well, you have right. to wait until Saturday. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I could work my network just by doing adult birthday parties. Exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. concert venues, you, they got a BYOB, but. I mean, how fun is that? If you get to it, like when we were teenagers, maybe we just might have gone to 7-Eleven and then took it to go, you know. But as an adult, I mean, what a great way if you have a girls weekend out or you're going to do a big Fourth of July party, kind of like you have a, you know, Kona Ice come, sometimes you have a healthy smoothie truck come, right? Yeah, I had a mom reach out to us and her four-year-old wanted a smoothie birthday. (laughs) So we have a Saturday morning booked up in October for a four-year-old birthday party. What a great idea. Yeah. So who, uh, go ahead. I, I was thinking about, uh, you know, a nice reward for, like, my employees. That would be a, mm-hmm. a refreshing yes. surprise, you know, on, on meeting day, which we usually have on, like, on a Tuesday. It, it, you know, to have the truck pull up and say, okay, girls, <laughs> whatever <Right>. you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go get one. And we do we do have um, coffee on the trucks, too. So if you need that um, iced caramel macchiato, you can grab one of those. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so for all the 30-somethings, like mid-20s to mid thirty, early 40s who want that flexible work environment, work hours, they can sleep in the morning, they're up all mm-hmm. night, they could do all kinds of stuff with, with a situation like this. Who to you is your ideal franchisee? You know, I think just like, you know, like anyone, going to be someone that's willing to follow the system, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, someone that's not afraid to go out and and it's not a hard thing to market you know it's it's not difficult to stop by and say hey can we bring smoothies to your location you know on a regular basis mm-hmm. you know no one's going to get angry with you for doing that mm-hmm. um but you can't be afraid to to do that you mm-hmm. know to to do that but you're going to do that with any business you know i don't care what what you're doing you've still got marketing and sales that you need to do right um, so yeah. One thing 
we talk about a lot on the show is the difference between um, emerging brands and some, and the kind of the beauty of emerging brands is that you get in uh, on the ground floor and you can at that point kind of help mold the franchise by being really a part of a small team and helping that franchise grow. So I think for people out there who are either super creative and they're really good with following directions, but they've got a lot of ideas or people who maybe have come out of leadership roles in the past, they might be people also who are interested in this thinking, hey, I could take this idea and I've got so many great ideas how we could grow a franchise like this. So um, hopefully we've got a lot of listeners out there today who are taking notes about your franchise and um, how would they go about getting a hold of you aside from all of your information will be listed on the Solution Franchise <laughs> website, but how would you like to tell them to get a hold of you? You know, they can go to smartdrinksfranchising.com and fill out the contact us form or just go to smartdrinks.com and follow the franchising button. Um, if you can't figure that part out, you know, maybe got some other <laughs> other issues. <laughs> well, maybe you need a smart drink if you can't, that part out. If you can't see the big button there. Um, or you can just call me directly, 281 373 Excellent. Well, Lori, thank you so much. Ray, did you have another follow-up question? I'm so sorry. No, I just, yeah, I just think you should uh, say that number again because uh, I don't know if it came out clearly or not. Your phone okay. number is 281-373-1000. Okay. And Thank chances you. are I'm going to be the one answering it. <laughs> well, we need to give you one of those hats for the jack-of-all-trades hat. Right? Yeah. Get it around and whatever it lands on, that's how you answer the phone. <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank we look you, forward Lauren. to seeing your franchise grow and hearing more from you in the future when you come back and tell us you have 50 and 100 franchise units out there. Yeah. That would be great. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. Awesome. You have a great day. Thanks. We want to say thank you so much to Lori Windham of Smart Drinks. If you would like more information about looking into their franchise system, you can reach out at uh, smartdrinks.com and follow the franchise button, as she mentioned. Uh, we also want to say thank you to Laura Spalding for coming in and recording that um, message about her veteran giveaway. If you are interested in that, go to franchise at spaldingdecon.com and give them an email and they will reach out to you. Uh, up next, we've got David Kajanik and Kristen coming back to discuss influencing greater team performance. Oh, David, we've spent so much time together this week. <laughs> is it David? Is it Ray? I've got the two of you. It's two halves. Two halves to make a whole. <gasps> Look at that. There you are. Yay! I was I was gonna say hello, Kristen, but then we've seen each other every day this week. So I know. So let's not go through all the niceties. What do you got for me? <laughs> well, um, as as the lead in said, you know, you, you know how much I love this topic, increasing greater team performance, and, and I do want to talk about that you know, briefly and, but, but I, I, but briefly I want to talk about after listening to Lori and we, and the way we led off in the beginning, um, with the, with, with your story, with the, how rough the week was the whole bit. And it got me to thinking, you, you mentioned again, the mass exodus of people coming out of corporate and, you know, one thing, one thing that was told me a long time ago and it always stuck with me and, and I want for the listeners out there, 
let this resonate. If you're thinking about making a move and you're unsure, and what was told me a long time ago is you're either, you're either working on your dream, right, on your dream, or you're working to help someone else achieve their dream. Totally. And, and, and it, it really is, I mean, you know, a lot of people out there, as, as Lori was talking about and, and how she transitioned and staying closed and boom, comes up with this other idea. You know, it's, it's something that, that a lot of people are afraid to make that leap, right? And oh my gosh, but they have this dream and then they're afraid to pursue it. And, and, they, and the thing is, the dream doesn't start right. until they start moving towards it. And the dream stops when they stop moving. Yeah. So, you know, I just know that a lot of people, they're listening, maybe they're sitting on the fence, not sure, you know, this environment, that they're killing your dream when you're not moving towards it. And wow. whatever that dream is, it's your dream. Nobody else, nobody else can dictate that to you. But, you know, otherwise you're working on someone else's dream. You don't care if you're even working for a big corporation. Somebody owns that dream at the top, right? And, yep. and the layers of management, you know, above you are, you know, you're, you're making their dream come true, right? Yep. So just words, words to the wise, but it leads into this, is that if you are going to pursue your dream, chances are you're going to have to employ a team, right? Absolutely. And try and, to keep them all with you. And try, there you go. So the easiest way to do that is, is, is to have them perform at a high level. And, and I know, I know I'm, and in my future sessions coming up, I'm going to talk more and more and more about, about approaching that dream and dialing into the dream and following that. But I, and I know I talk a lot about building teams and team performance, but I don't think you can accomplish your dream unless you have a great team. So a lot of people come out of, out, of, out of their work world, and I mentioned this before, thinking once I turn the key, all my employees are just going to kind of work as hard as, as I do for my company as they're going to work just as hard for me. And unless you create that environment, you might be disappointed, right? So I always go back to if you really want to ensure that you're going to create a great team, Adopt that a servant leader's heart and servant leader's approach. I know we've touched on this in the past, but if you do that and you build that people, build that team, because people are really asking three questions of you is, do you care about me? Mm-hmm. Can you help me? And can I trust you? Yep. And, and the only way you can answer those is to prove to them that you're going to add value to them. That, you know, a good question, what, what can you do to help them succeed? Yeah, what can you do to help them succeed? And if you ask that to yourself every day or your managers, if you, if you haven't, that they're asking that of themselves, what can I do to help my team succeed? That's going to set in motion a totally different mindset than I need production out of these guys or out of this team. And don't you think, you know, when we read all the studies and, and we listen to the people who are talking about why people leave their jobs today, a lot of it is they don't like the person that they work for. Now, that may not even be something personal, but they don't feel they're adding value. They don't feel a connection. So what better way to build a relationship, build a bridge, get these people so they feel like they have some kind of ownership within yeah. your business so that they want to stay. They want to be a part of that, right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and one way to approach it is, is you know, it's sometimes just, just ask this question, what do my people need from me daily that they may not even want to ask me for? Mm-hmm. So when you give that to something that really isn't even their consciousness, wow, what an impact. I mean, that's really creating an environment of encouragement, right? That's, that's really bringing people together without, without very much effort, but it has to come from the heart. It's not something mechanical. That's why it's called servant leadership, right? That's right. The, greatest, the greatest among them are going to be the servant of all. So, you know, if we do that and we believe in our people and we believe in their potential, we give them what they need and we, and we think about what they need before they even know they need it, you've got an opportunity to create a great team that is loyal, hardworking, trustworthy, and they're never going to leave you. So, so, so far today, I think we've presented a great franchise model for somebody who wants some flexible hours, right? You've taught them some great leadership and what to do once you get that great business. That's right. And now I know as we go through the rest of the program, we're going to teach them a lot of other great reasons and things why they should move forward with, forward with a franchise. Similarly, if not the one that we talked about today, if all the, the things match up, right? So... I really thank you for that because, you know, buying a franchise is, is only the first step, making that choice. That's just the first, the first step. Having the money to invest does not guarantee that you will be successful. Not at all. Not at all. But go back because it's a peak under the tent of my future episodes coming up. Is you're either working on your dream or you're helping someone else work on theirs. Excellent. Until the next time we get a peek under your tent. Thank you so much, David. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. You got it. So thank you to David Kajanek and Kristen Shelmetsi for giving us that bit of insight. Um, up next, we have Jerry Akers of Great Clips, and he is going to give us the rundown and the lowdown on sub-franchising, master franchisees, and going beyond the multi-unit operator. So stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss it. Hey, Jerry. Oops. There we go. You have me trained to be on mute, and I just forgot to get <laughs> off of it. You know, I was just practicing reading lips. I think, I think that you got all distracted with David looking under his tent. I think that's what happened. I, I was not going to comment on that in the least. Oh, my God. Um, he's killing me. But what I was going to say was I can just sit here and listen to David for hours. I know. It, you know, all of his leadership stuff, I mean, that's what, uh, you know, that's what we built our businesses around and listening to it from David's standpoint and the way he presents it is just phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, I'll just skip my part. Go back to David and let him talk some more. <laughs> I try to rattle him by by throwing in a few, you know, smirks here and there, but he's steadfast. He's focused. He is. He is focused. He's on a mission. Yep, yep. You're, What's you're your from, mission today, Jerry? What's your mission? My mission is to continue to talk about franchising and all the benefits of franchising and why if you're looking at leaving corporate America or just changing your life, franchising is the way to do it. Awesome. So, Let's take a look at some examples of what you want to share with us today, because there's a lot of different options out there, right? Well, sure. I mean, you know, the way most people get into franchising, Kristen, is they buy one license uh, and they spend hopefully a lot of time researching it and talking to, um, 
you know, not only the broker that they're working through or the franchise or they're working through, but also, you know, going through the validation process and talking to uh, other franchisees to see uh, how it's working out for them and answer all the questions about how you might be able to take that on, whether it's a fit for you and those kinds of things. And then, of course, asking your trusted advisors, like your attorney and accountant and those kinds of people, your banker, uh, what their thoughts are and letting them explore a little bit with you. But, you know, there's a lot of other ways to get into it. And from time to time, you know, I'll run across somebody that wants to dive in head first and uh, protect uh, their future. In other words, they want to go uh, big instead of just going with one location or one license. They want to get beyond that. And they, uh, there are opportunities in franchising to do that where you can, uh, there's a lot of different ways. You know, franchisors may offer, a, uh, like one franchisor I know of offers a three-pack. So you can buy three licenses uh, immediately. You can get them at a discount and you've got, let's say three years, it depends on the franchisor, but you've got a period of time to develop those. So uh, many people think that's a great way to get into it and still have some bandwidth to have a larger organization within two or three years. Sure. And, and the, the, uh, the discount tends to sure. attract them and maybe protect them some locations or something like that. Others may go even bigger. Oh, you were going to ask a question? Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Gary. Um, I'll do this every time I think about something. <laughs> so my question is, um, the thing is, when you go into a situation like a three-pack or multi-unit, um, the one thing that people often overlook is that you do have to sign kind of a development schedule, right? I mean, it's not like, hey, you can open three in the next 35 years. It's usually three within a certain disclosed period of time, right? Yeah, yeah, you're committing to a period of time, so you have to be comfortable. Frankly, here's the deal. You've got to be comfortable without really knowing anything about the franchise yet because you haven't bought your first one or opened it. you got to be comfortable, and, and I think you've got to be uh, very optimistic. You've got to be confident in your skills and those kinds of things uh, to, to make that commitment. And if you do that, then you are signing an agreement, a contract, if you will, to uh, uh, develop those three locations to meet the standards of the franchisor within a period of time. Three years, you know, and with many of them, they will give you basically a year per license for the first group that you buy. Um, you know, our first agreement was for, um, I think it was seven years to build about team. So they gave us about two a year. But what they do is they backload that. So in other words, you know, you might have to, if three is the number, maybe you have to build one mm -hmm. in your first 18 or 24 months. And then by the end of three years, have three open. So okay. you do have some time to work the bugs out and get comfortable with it before you go ahead and open those next couple. Okay, that's good to know. Well, and then, Kristen, you know, many people want to go even further, and some franchise, uh, franchisors offer a master licensee type sure. agreement where you can buy the rights to all of the licenses in a specific geographic area could be a city, a county, a state, could be broken down a lot of different ways. And you are actually uh, working uh, to try, you have to make some decisions. You may have to open X number of those yourself because franchisors tend to want you to be in the business so you really understand it from the inside out before you are you know, selling other franchisees on the model and trying to coach them. So um, you would probably be expected to open X number of that, whatever that group that you buy is and then and you're going to be that, interviewing that's a, good, 
I'm sorry, Jerry, but, but that's a really important point because I know a lot of people um, coming out of corporate America and they're, they've got these visions of grandeur, which is awesome. They've got the money, they've got the leadership, they've got the management skills that they need to do these, but they don't always realize that that requirement says you need to be in the business, working your business. And so many think, oh, I've got the money, I got the skills, I just want to hire people to do it for me. And not all models will allow you to be completely absent like that. Well, and to go along with that, um, Kristen, so many of them don't understand how engaged they're going to have to be in their own franchise locations and still have enough time and energy to sell more licenses throughout that market that they bought. So it is a bit of a juggling act. Um, I would say there it's not for the faint of heart, and uh, not a lot of people are going to want to do that. Uh, you, again, sign a contract for a very large area, a large number of licenses, and probably a really big amount of money, very large amount of money, that you're putting on the line, basically saying you're going to be able to accomplish what uh, is in the agreement. And it's, it's not for everybody. It can be very difficult. And you end up taking on some corporate responsibilities when you do that, because you may end up you know, depending on the franchisor, you may end up being, first off, finding franchisees. So you'll have to do marketing. Yep. Um, you know, recruiting them, vetting them, running through the process. You may even have to look at their financials and uh, their bank records and all those kinds of things to make sure they've got the capacity, the financial capacity to do whatever they're yep. signing up to do. So you are taking on a part of a corporate responsibility while you're trying to do your own franchise and those types of things. Well, that's why it's even more important that these franchisors want you to run a business because how do you qualify somebody to run a business that you've never qualified? And 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 then these franchise the, the master franchises or the the area developers or whatnot. It, the cool thing is you do get some residual from those others that open under you, which is great. But again, if you can't make that great match. It's all for not, right? Right. And you've brought it up a couple times. You know, the next tier would be a regional developer, which hmm? you are independent, but you take on so many responsibilities of the corporate entity, the franchisor. Um, it's kind of a modified version. In other words, I, uh, I'm i an RD for, uh, for the joint chiropractic, and I don't have to do uh, a lot of the financial stuff we just talked about, I don't have to vet them from that standpoint, but I do have to, I do have to uh, uh, go through the explanation to them, make sure that they're comfortable with the, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of being a franchisee, right. and then I've got to feel confident that they uh, can manage that before I uh, sign off on them and send them along to corporate. And then once that happens, I have an ongoing responsibility to support that franchisee from uh, regular coaching sessions. Uh, working uh, on the numbers, so in other words, tracking their numbers and ensuring they're hitting, you know, the um, metrics that the corporate group wants them to hit. Sure. And, uh, you know, maybe even at some point in time asking a franchisee that uh, if it's really for them, if they need to go on and do something else. So you want to be careful. If you want to get into this and you just want to be a franchisee, that's by far the easiest version. Uh, yep. There are benefits to all of those other models that we talked about, but there's going to be added stress and responsibility that goes with it. The thing I really like about talking through all these different models with you, Jerry, is not only have you been in a lot of different models <laughs> that we talk about, and, and when I say models, I mean whether it's a single franchise, multi-unit, regional director, right, or developer, I'm sorry, um, 
But really, if you think about franchising, the really cool thing is that I feel like there's something to fit everyone. Well, there absolutely is, uh, Kristen. You know, if you've come out of corporate America and you've managed far-flung operations across a very large geographic area, and you've managed the financials of those groups, and you've been able to coach the managers or whatever, then coming out and buying into one of the larger models might be for you because you've already done it in your corporate job. If you've got the financial wherewithal to, you know, put that together so a franchisor will bet on you, then you're probably already trained and wired to do that kind of thing other than, you know, being trained on the specifics of the franchise that you're buying into. If you haven't done any of those kinds of things, then it's probably better to walk before you run. And by that, I mean maybe buy one or two or three locations, get them up and running, and then uh, maybe look around for other opportunities within that franchise group because by then you understand everything about the franchisor and the model and and the customers, and uh, you're much more comfortable and qualified to go out and take on a, a larger responsibility. Yeah, good advice. I really appreciate that, Jerry. And I want to thank you for taking time to uh, go through all these different models with us for our listeners and for our viewers. And um, I think it's it's really, it's been interesting the last few weeks um, as we continue to talk to different people from different areas within the franchising community. Um, would you say, Jerry, my famous question for you, <laughs> is it still a great time to buy a franchise? You know, it's always a great time to buy a franchise. That's uh, that's going to be a little bit of my stock answer. Um, there are struggles with any business, whether you open your own from the ground up or whether you buy a franchise. But the, the benefit of a franchise, in my mind, one of the biggest benefits is you have uh, not only the support of the franchisor, who has been doing this for many years, depending on which one you buy. And so they've got a long track record of solving problems and being prepared for, you know, the things that you might trip over along the way. Um, so, so yes, if you are an individual practitioner, if you open your own business from scratch, you've got to learn how to run a business. You've got to find a POS system to work with. You've got to figure out how to manage the financial side of it. You may not know anything about marketing or, or uh, recruiting or or any of those kinds of things. When you buy a franchise, they've got experts that guide you through that whole process. And then beyond that, you learn pretty quickly that you've got other peers out there that have gone through the same pain and the same, you know, fears and concerns that you have that have worked their way through it. And they become an even stronger resource for you as a franchisee because they're talking to you from your standpoint. They totally get it. They've been there and done that. And they can easily guide you through that. If you open your own, in many cases, you are completely on your own, alienated from anybody that's ever done anything like that. And it's much more difficult, very rewarding either way, but much more difficult than with the franchise community around you. Excellent. I want to thank our entire panel of Million Dollar Mentors, obviously, Ray Tiller, David Kajanik, Jerry Akers. Um, Elizabeth Dunham, who's doing all of our social media and our very exciting digital magazine that's about to come out. Can't wait. We got to see the cover. And our great behind the scenes crew, Heidi Seamster, who does a lot of the stuff that uh, that, that uh, poor Fred just can't do while we're live. So, and thank you, Fred, for doing a great job producing our show. Also forgot last week to um, tell everybody uh, thank you for those crazy listeners out there on Twitch for sending us funny messages. 
to uh, me and David. Didn't get to uh, thank you guys on the air la last week, but uh, David and I got your message. Uh, thank you also to our LinkedIn Local Network, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms. And as always, you can find us here, the Million Dollar Mentor Crew with Pillars of Franchising on Thursdays, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. So on the web, www.pillarsoffranchising.com. Wow, 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 wow,